Hi, I'm Jason, the creator of The Grey Rooms. Thank you so much for joining us this evening as we continue to open the vault of Patreon content. We do hope that you are enjoying this extra material. We are coming to a close and will soon shut down this sneak peek into what it is like to be a patron for The Grey Rooms. Before you know it, we'll be back to business as usual. And hopefully, not just here in The Grey Rooms, but out there in the world as well. We hope that in this world we are all finding ourselves living in, you are staying safe and healthy, practicing social distancing, and keeping those hands nice and sanitized. We do hope that the extra content we have put out for you will help bring in some comfort and joy. We truly love all of our listeners and only want to do our part in helping ease the troubles this is causing us all. This episode is brought to you by our patrons, whom without their support, we wouldn't have been able to make any of this possible. Patrons such as Kelly Bear, Amy Nikolai, Arthur Runk, Ashley Enstrom, Brooks Bigley, Elizabeth Dowell, Isabel Diedrichs, Jackalbot Snows, that's, that's a nice one, Jason Porras, Kathleen Clyde, Michael Velez, Michael Zenke, Patrick Stewart, The Portrait of Knox Podcast, Welcome, The Original Nick Show, Charlotte North, Denise Pinto, Hale Scherf, Maggie Rogers, Matt, Michael Beckwith, Rachel Lamb, Stephanie, Trig V. Christensen, Allison Brandt, Debbie Furr, Jake Ivey, Nightmare Rabbit, Patrick Mealy, Ronald Watson, Sarah Zartaloma, Sarah Ruth Thomas, Scotty, Brad Bone, Cassie Pertit, J.M. Scherf, John, John Grills, Justin Thulu, Scott Savino, Sky Isa, Rebecca Edwards, and Ursula Person. Thank you for your support. It makes all the difference. You have helped us create this for everyone else to enjoy. Thank you. Now, let's get on to the episode. You awake. The elevator is small and cramped. There is a strange old man. He's mumbling. You hear a ding, and he forces you out. You're lost. You have no memory of this place. How did you get here? Where are you? It doesn't matter. Because now, you belong to the Grey Rooms.
despicable entity. I wish the warden wouldn't make such a mess of things when he's in the hotel. I've got enough to worry about. Chasing Samantha up the stairs. Oh, what a mess. Fixing the stairs wasn't on my to-do list this morning. Todd. Oh, hello, sir. What a pleasant surprise. <laughs> I have to say, you did a right fine job of my elevator. <laughs> She's riding smoother than silk. Uh, but I did find a scratch, so, so don't get on my bad side. Todd, did you know the warden was playing in the hotel? The warden? Right here in our hotel. Todd? Uh, I may have, sir. Oh, but I'm not sure. C could you describe him for me? You have three seconds, and then I start putting more than scratches in your beloved elevator. Well, sir, I did see the warden. Uh, came for a nice visit and complimented my elevator. Uh, even if he did say it smelled a bit like death. <laughs> I always enjoy his visits, as long as he's not torturing me. <laughs> oh, it really isn't often. <laughs> But he came right up and asked me to take him down to the basement. What did the warden want in the basement? We have enough damage to the hotel already. I need to know what other surprises might be coming. Well, it seems he lost his keys, sir. Mm, he lost his keys. All this mess because he lost his keys. Miss, sir. I think you've been spending too much time in that elevator, Todd. The rest of us are all cleaning up the damage from the Warden. So you'll need to pull double duty and clean up some of the rooms. Clean up the rooms, huh? Someone needs to mop up the blood. Welcome to housekeeping. Housekeeping? Oh, I'd rather be locked in my elevator as the hotel burned to the ground. Your first room is just down the hall, Todd. You remember how this works, don't you? It's been a while since you've been in a room. I thought I was done with the rooms, sir. I'd paid my penance. Well, things change. Here's a mop and your cart. Head down to room number 101. I do think you'll like this one, though it might be a bit unexpected. Do I at least get a new uniform? I quite, I quite like those little black lace skirts the maids wear. Let's leave all of the horrific sights for the rooms, shall we? Now run along, Todd. We have a lot of work to do before Samantha gets back. Yes, sir.
against the church. I hope you're prepared to pay your penance. Mm. What's going on in here? First time? Oi, who said that? Oh, uh, uh, back here. Sorry, in the Iron Maiden. I forgot that you can't really see me in here. Wait, you're inside? Isn't it a bit cramped in there? Ooh, that metal sounds thick, sir. Not a bit of rust on it, which I may say is quite impressive. Oh yeah, this is a deluxe model. Iron shell shaped like a sarcophagus, inside lined with 50 hand-forged spikes. Not like those older models that had 8 in the front and 10 in the back. They really sprung for the good stuff and put some money on the table for this one. I'll bet you could get a right shine on it. <laughs> Do you get uh, let out often? Let out? <laughs> uh, they never let me out. Oh, that's disappointing. Oh, could you have had you over to visit my elevator? Oh, you'd like it. Four confining walls I have to sit in all day, uh, but a bit more square footage. <laughs> so, uh, what's going on in here? I've been to plenty of rooms, uh, and they're all a bit different, but I've never been in this one before. Is this some kind of new spa in the hotel? Oh, you're just being silly. Welcome to the Spanish Inquisition, right at the height of the trials. Oh, and you've come at a good time. They just put Felipe on the rack. By order of the Tribunal of the Holy Office of the Inquisition, we have reviewed your crimes and find you guilty of heresy against God. No, 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 no. Heresy? No. What's heresy? Oh, it's a good excuse. We are here to listen to you confess, Philippe. Confess your sins and beg our almighty God for forgiveness. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Well, I wonder if I could give my back a bit of a pull once he's done. I've got a bit of an hunch. Heretic! You will confess uh, to me! really making it difficult to talk to girls when I'm over here looking like Quasimodo. <laughs> I'll bet I could gain a few inches being straightened out. Ladies love a few extra inches. <laughs> hmm, never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I bet that would straighten out that hump. I don't think it will help with the face, though. I'll have you know, I've been told I have a face only a mother could love. And mothers happen to be women. Well, looking at you, I'm sure anything would help. Plus, I, I've got this girl, Samantha. Uh, she rides my elevator. Uh, I think I'm starting to wear her down. But uh, uh, fun time is over. Best get to work so I can leave you guys to your torture. <laughs> <coughs> uh, 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 excuse me, sir. Yes? Uh, sorry, sir. I, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I was told you needed some help cleaning up a bit. Ah, yes. It could use a good mopping. It's getting a bit slippery in here and you don't get quite the same menacing look when you're sliding around the room. Well, let me fix that right up for you. I'll get my mop and bucket. <laughs> Might need a bigger bucket, though. <laughs> Seems you left quite a few bits on the floor. <laughs> I can't believe all these came from the same person. No, I swear before God, there was only one. Well, looks like I got two left feet here. Ooh, there's a third one over there. Oh, not quite sure where the right ones went. Hmm. Well, at least we're hitting our quota. The Lord's work is never done, you know. Philippe! No! I still no. don't hear you confessing! Well, don't mind me, sir. I'll let you get back to your work. I'll just be over here with the mopping up and ignoring the screams. seen a body split in two quite like that before. You, with the bucket. Yes, sir. Can you get to work on this right away? We have another appointment coming in 15 minutes. If I have to, sir. Watch my step. These floors are slippier than eel snot. Anyone see a spigot? I wonder if there is anywhere I can look up at those. I think I'm going to be sick. Oh, oh, oh. Onto the intestines. Gain a bucket. Oh, God, why is this one green? This is why you eat your vegetables, Philippe. You were rotten from the inside out. No wonder it was so easy to pull you apart. I should never have left my elevator. I'll never be able to look at sausage the same way again. I'm going to dump this in my car and take it down to the incinerator. I'll be back a little later to mop up the blood. 
Yep, I'm not going back in there. I've paid my pennies in the room. Bob can sort the rest of that out. <laughs> oh, I bet he'd be good with a mop. I wonder if the warden still has those hand grenades. <laughs> I'd pull the pin and yeah, give that room a surprise. <laughs> I, I think I'll be much safer at the pool. Let's go check on their towels. Traffic was backed up as far as I could see. I was going to be late. Shit! I slammed my fists against the steering wheel. Not now! Come on, let's go! I screamed to no one. I craned my head around looking for an end to the line. I had an hour to get to the building where my baby sister was getting married and I could not be late. The line of cars painfully inched forward. My heart pounded in my chest. I picked a hell of a year to quit drinking, I thought. The instant the thought of the drink struck my brain, my mouth watered. I shook my head violently, trying to knock the demon from my brain. I wasn't about to waste 14 months sober living and a chance to see my family again on a little traffic. I closed my eyes and took several deep breaths, trying to calm my nerves and keep my heart thumping through my sternum. My eyes flew open when the truck behind me honked its horn. So much for calming down. The cars ahead began to move. I stepped on the gas and gave a half-hearted, weak, apologetic wave in the rear view. Traffic was moving at a steady pace and my anxiety began to subside. My GPS told me I would arrive with about seven minutes to spare, but I wasn't taking any chances. As soon as traffic opened, I jumped on the accelerator. I made it to the venue without further incident. To my surprise, I was able to find a parking spot quickly. The moment I put the car into park, my anxiety attacked in full force. I stared into the rearview mirror and fixed my hair and straightened my tie for the thousandth time. Another deep breath. You can do this, Mark. I talked to my reflection. They want you here. You worked hard. You're, you're clean. They forgive you. I told myself this since my mother had invited me to my sister's wedding. That was also the first time I had spoken to anyone in my family since the accident. The invite came with stipulations. I had to get helped, had to stay clean. Three different 28-day vacations and different rehabs around the city in the last four years didn't help. I was ready to give up until the call came from my mother. Another deep breath caught in my throat when I saw a little girl standing behind my car. She was wearing a dress covered in spring flowers, bright and vibrant. It was in stark contrast to her pale gray skin and wet, stringy hair covering her face. She looked like Sasha the day. My neck cracked 
when I whipped my head around to get a better look at her. She was gone. I leapt from my car and scanned the parking lot. Nothing. Just wedding guests making their way into the venue. Not a flowery dress to be seen, no little girls with gray skin. I went back to the car and grabbed my suit jacket, shrugging into it, still scanning the parking lot. Passers-by gave me the side-eye. Those eyes widened with recognition, and then the whispering started. I, I expected this. I, I waited until the last group passed me and fell in behind them. I climbed the stairs and walked into the main entrance of the country club. Autumn flowers and bouquets lined the stairs. Entering the main hall, I saw my first test. My parents. My mother smiled at each guest as they entered, shaking hands and hugging friends and family. My father, on the other hand, was standing next to her, looking disinterested. I caught a glimpse of the flowery dress milling between the wedding guests. No one else seemed to notice her. The shuffling bodies obscured my view of her. I tried to keep my eye on her as she rounded the corner past my parents, continuing outside of the seating area. I was lost in looking for the girl in the dress and didn't notice I was next to my folks. My attention was wrestled away from my search by the strong smell of alcohol. Blinking, I turned to face my dad's vacant, bloodshot eyes staring back at me. Dad? I said with a nod, hand extended. He grunted something that sounded like my name, leaving my gesture unacknowledged. The reek of gin on his breath nearly made me step back. Like Pavlov's dog, my mouth started salivating. That was my drink of choice. Good to see you, Pop, I said. Mom was next. Mom, I said, barely audible. I thought I saw disgust flash across her face. The butterflies in my stomach fought their way to my mouth, and I could feel my breath quickening. She took a deep breath, then flashed a tight smile. Mark, you look well, she said flatly. The smile never touched her eyes. Reaching up, she adjusted my tie and smoothed my jacket, tugged on the lapels. It's good to see you, Mom, I said. I thought I saw her eyes start to glisten. I no mine were. I leaned in for a hug, but she patted me on the shoulder. Just like that, I was dismissed. She quickly turned to the couple behind me, her face lighting up as she greeted them. I made my way outside to where the ceremony was being held. Folding chairs were lined up in neat rows. The crimson runners split the two sides. I looked around and felt the eyes of every guest on me. Every quiet conversation with words said behind hands were about me, I knew it. I tried to shake it off, but their gazes followed me. Looking for a seat out of the way, I was approached by a girl dressed in a solid gray dress. Which party? She asked with a warm smile. 
I'm the bride, I said. She looked at me with a blank stare. I stared back. This was awkward. Tasha, I'm her brother. Oh. She smiled. Turning, she led me to the right side. She kept walking when I stopped at the back row. I coughed, trying to get her attention. I wanted to stay in the back, trying to avoid the judging eyes of every guest. She kept walking, so I started making my way into the back row. She stopped and grabbed my wrist. Oh no, Mark, follow me, please. And began guiding me towards the front. I tried to resist, but her grip tightened, dragging me to the front. She didn't seem to notice the gaze of the guests, but I did. We stopped at the second row. The usher turned and gestured towards the only open seat, the one next to the aisle. Thank you, I sat. The look she gave me almost looked like pity. Then she was already walking back up the aisle. I faced forward, looking past the arch covered in the reds, oranges, yellows, and browns of autumn foliage. Beyond the archway, the bay's quiet waves lapped on the stones of the cliff face. On any other occasion, this would have been a peaceful escape, but I could still feel eyes on me. Concentrating on the sounds of the waves, I closed my eyes and steadied my breathing, trying to calm my jitters. The murmurs of the gathered crowd quieted. I opened my eyes. The little girl in the flowered dress standing in the middle of the arch, head bowed, hair covering her face. I looked around to see if anyone else noticed her, but no one seemed to. A woman walked up to the center of the arch, obscuring my view of the girl. My search for the flowered dress girl stopped when a haunting melody began. It came from the side of the arch. I didn't recognize the tune, but it was hypnotizing. It made my heart soar and sink at the same time. Several women walked down the aisle in time with the music, side by side, dressed in identical gray dresses holding bouquets of autumn arrangements. They split off to either side of the arch. Next, a woman dressed in a sleek black dress accompanied by parents walked down the aisle. She took her place at the left of the archway. I looked back in anticipation of seeing my sister finally. Turning once more to the front, I noticed the wedding party and the officiant all staring at me. I looked to either side of me, but there was no mistaking that they were staring directly at me. I nodded and smiled nervously, then turned to wait for my sister. As soon as I turned back, Tasha was there between my parents. Tall and beautiful, my baby sister was now a grown woman. Her raven hair was an intricate braids wrapped around her head. Her white dress glowed in the setting sunlight. I couldn't take my eyes off her. The procession made its way past me. My parents were starting straight ahead. But Tasha looked directly at me. I couldn't keep the smile from my face. She didn't return my smile, but her eyes gleamed in recognition. I could feel tears begin to well. Once they were by me, I quickly wiped my eyes. 
She took her place on the right side and the ceremony began. It was your standard ceremony. Pledges of love everlasting, do you, I do, etc. I couldn't take my eyes off Tasha. The way her face lit up every time she looked at the woman across from her, holding hands. On occasion, I thought I saw the colors of the flower dress hiding behind the arch, but I couldn't care at the time. The ceremony concluded with the announcement of Tasha and Sarah, eternal life partners. The crowd applauded and stood as the wedding party made its way down the aisle. Once the official walked past, people began filing out. Guests inched along the aisle. Each one hugged and wished the newlyweds well. I met Tasha's eyes and I wanted to bolt for the exit. She held my gaze until I was standing before her. Hey, Tash, I whispered, barely able to speak. She searched my face and I felt it flush. She broke into a wide smile and threw her arms around me, squeezing the breath I was holding from my lungs. Mark, oh, I'm so glad you came. I've missed you so much, she said into my ear. I held on with all the strength I had left. The tears flowed from both of us. I could have stayed in her embrace forever, but Mom cleared her throat impatiently. <coughs> Tash, dear, the photographer wants to get pictures. She says she's running out of daylight, Mom said. We separated. I wiped the tears from Tasha's cheeks. Before they left, Tasha introduced me to her partner in the wedding party. I snuck another quick hug with Tasha and walked to the reception hall. I felt like the smile would never leave my face again. I couldn't believe Tasha welcomed me as warmly as she did and I felt great. I located my seat and looked for the restroom. On the other end of the hall, the swish of the little flowered dress rounded a corner. I tried to catch up, but by the time I reached the turn, she was gone again. The door at the end slowly closing. I ran down and caught the door before it closed and went through. It led to the pool deck. Closed for the season, no one was around. My pulse quickened with each step I took towards the pool. Memories of that day assaulted me. My dad shaking me, slapping me out of my drunken stupor. The screams of my mother outside. Tasha crying next to him. My dad roughly grabbed me by the collar and dragged me outside, threw me down in front of my mother. She had something in her arms as she rocked her face a mask of terror and anguish. Sirens sounded in the distance, but I had no idea what was going on until I looked what my mother was cradling. It was Sasha, my little sister. Her skin was gray and lifeless. She was soaked. My mom brushed Sasha's wet hair away from her face. Sasha's head lolled towards me, staring with her dead, accusing eyes. 
I squeezed my eyes shut, tried to erase the image that had haunted me since that day. It's been a long time, Mark, Tasha said. I hadn't heard a reproach. She took my hand and squeezed it hard. I'm happy you came. It sounded like she was fighting emotions. I'm happy I'm here too, was all I could manage. Tash, I'm so sorry. I began, but she cut me off with a quick shake of her head. I know, Mark, I know. We'll talk about it later. I wish she was here. I couldn't hold back the tears. She's here. She's always with me. She reached up and caressed my cheek. A small, sad smile on her face. Eyes glistening. Hand in hand, Tasha and I walked to the reception. The reception was a standard affair. Dinner, dancing, drinking. I stayed at my table, ate quietly and kept to myself. And tried to ignore the looks and comments. Occasionally, I would look to the wedding party, catching them staring at me, their gaze lingering on me a little too long. I'm sure they knew about the accident, but I couldn't place the look they had. It almost looked hungry. Not like a starving animal hungry, but like a puppy waiting for a treat, excited. I tried ignoring them like the others. Guests began leaving, and it was time to make my departure. I made my way to Tasha to say goodbye. She offered to walk me out. We passed our parents' table to say goodbye. A quick hug from Mom. A gin-laced grunt from Dad. Turning to leave, I heard him growl. It should have been you. I wish it was you at the bottom of the pool. Me too, Dad. Me too, I said, and continued to walk away. Tasha glared daggers at him. I hustled out of the reception hall. Mark, wait. I paused with my hand on the door and looked over my shoulder. Tasha jogged up. Where are you staying tonight? I'm just heading home. Sorry about Dad. Surprised it took that long, honestly. She dismissed the comment. Listen, why don't you stay with us tonight? She asked. I couldn't, Tash. It's your wedding night. I wouldn't feel comfortable. My place is only a few hours away. I can make it. Please, Mark. We haven't seen each other in so long, and we didn't really get a chance to talk tonight. Please, stay. When I paused, she jumped in. Good. It's settled, then. Where's your phone? She grabbed it and entered her number and address. Go ahead and head over. We'll be home when we're through here. I can't intrude like that. I started. How about I chill out somewhere and you give me a call when you're home? Yes, she said with a little squeal, and she tackled me for another hug. I laughed, staggering back with the force of her hug. She planted a kiss on my cheek and skipped away, reminding me of my little sister, not the woman in the wedding dress. I watched her prance down the hall and disappear back into the room before I left and went to my car. I found an all-night diner on the way to Tasha's place and decided to go grab a snack while I waited. 
I felt weird about staying with her, but I, I did want to chat with her more. A little after midnight, my phone buzzed. She was home. Twenty minutes later, I pulled into their driveway. I knocked. Sarah answered and invited me in. We sat at the kitchen table and talked for a little while. Sarah didn't say much, and after a little time, kissed Tasha goodnight and went to bed. Would you like something to drink? Tasha offered. I'm good with water. Uh, where's the restroom? At the top of the stairs. She said, putting ice cubes in a glass. At the top of the staircase, I stopped staring at the picture in front of me. Sasha and Tasha were pictured, holding hands and smiling brightly. Both girls were wearing identical dresses, white dresses covered in flowers. The same dress I'd been seeing all night. Find it? Tasha asked from behind me. Yeah, I said, absently looking back into the picture. That was the last picture we took together. The pain was clear in her voice. You took it. I looked at her wide-eyed. I, I did? I don't remember, I said, studying the picture again. I imagine you don't remember much from back then. That hurt. Head bowed, I started to apologize again, but Tasha cut me off. Here's your water. It's late and I'm exhausted. We can catch up tomorrow. Thank you, I said, taking the glass from her. She brushed by me and walked down the hall. You can sleep in here. She motioned to the room at the end of the hall. Tasha, she stopped. Thank you again. I'm glad I'm here. She nodded. Good night, Mark. The door closed. Setting the glass of water on the sink, I used the toilet and washed my hands and scrubbed my face. I took a long drink of the ice-cold water. It tasted odd. I thought it must be because they had well water here in the country. I sniffed it and took another sip. A wave of dizziness hit me. Trying to shake it off, I staggered back. Another wave assaulted me, my vision blurred. I missed the counter and the glass smashed on the bathroom tiles. I tried calling for Tasha, but my tongue would not obey. Stumbling to the door, I fought with the knob. Finally, I escaped from the bathroom, falling against the railing of the stairs. My legs felt shaky. Crashing against the wall across from the stairway, I fell to my knees. My head slammed against the floor. I, I was able to garble some something, and I, I heard the door to Tasha's room open. My vision went in and out of focus, and I felt like I was falling. I could only see Tasha's bare feet. The last thing I remember before the darkness took over was a pair of small gray feet behind Tasha. Flickering light beat against my eyelids. I felt like every hangover I ever had revisited me at once. I was going to be sick. I tried to roll to my side, but my wrists were tied. I opened my eyes, squinting against the light, and I looked at my arms. 
I was on a large slab of raised concrete, my arms bound. I tried to move my legs, but they were bound too. I tried calling out. A dry rasp was all that escaped. I looked around a large room lit with candles. Behind me, a door opened. The soft shuffling of feet followed. You're awake. I heard Tasha say. Trying to work moisture in my mouth so I could speak, I said, Tasha, what's going on? A shadow fell over me when she stood over me at the head of the table. Her face was set back in the darkness of a hood. She didn't say a word. Just placed a thin towel over my face, pulled it tight. I could barely breathe through the fabric. The silence stretched. Without warning, the towel stretched tighter across my face, followed by water being poured over the towel. I thrashed against my restraints, trying to hold my breath against the deluge. Just as quick as it started, it stopped. The towel was whipped away, and I gasped for breath. I heard footsteps walking around the table. Feel that, Mark? Tasha sneered. Feel that struggle for air? That's what Sasha felt. The towel returned. The flood of water returned. Longer this time. My lungs burned. The muscles in my arms and legs pulled on the bonds. I coughed and spluttered when the towel was removed. (coughs) Tasha, please! That feeling of helplessness? The venom from her voice stabbed me in the heart. That's how I felt. Helpless as I tried to wake you up. Helpless as I shook you, slapped you, screamed in your face. Helpless as my twin sister drowned at the bottom of our pool. Again the towel. But this time it wasn't immediately followed with water. Tasha's voice was right next to my ear. I want you to feel what we felt. A splash of water hit my face. You will know our fear, our helplessness. The water started and didn't stop this time. My lungs burned as I breathed in the liquid and I couldn't fight anymore. For the second time, I blacked out. vomited water. Gasping, I filled my burning lungs with the air I so desperately needed. I don't know how, but I was still alive. I screamed for help, screamed for Tasha, for anybody. I heard the door open again and the shuffling of feet returned. Several dark, hooded figures flowed into the room, walked around the platform holding a candle. They surrounded me, evenly spaced. With the added light, I noticed something next to me. A a thin sheet covered it, looking like a small body. The figure, 
at the foot of my table stepped forward and removed her hood. It was Tasha. Sarah and the wedding party revealed themselves pushing back their cowls. They stared at me for a long time and smiled slightly, almost as if in pity. I want to thank you again for sharing this day with us. You are my gift and will make my wish come true. Gift? I questioned. What are you talking about? Please stop this. I'm talking about my gift. My one desire. Her eyes glowed in the candlelight. I could only stare back. I want my sister back. My twin. The women began to walk around us chanting lowly. It sounded like the wedding procession music. The words sounded like a different language. The flickering light from the candles made it difficult to focus. On the walls behind them, there were intricate shapes and designs painted. Tasha slowly removed the covering off the figure next to me, revealing black, stringy hair, framing a pale gray, badly decomposed face. It was wearing the same flowered dress I had been seeing all day, though the colors were faded and drab. Tears blurred my sight, and I shut my eyes as hard as I could. It was Sasha next to me. Sasha, please. No. I begged. My whisper barely audible over the chanting. My pleading was answered with a burning sensation in my arm. Tasha produced a dagger from the folds of her robes and ran the blade along my arm. Blood immediately poured from the wound. Tasha began collecting the blood pooling around me in a chalice. Dipping her finger in the cup, Tasha drew the intricate symbols on the corpse's forehead. Tasha returned to me, and I felt the burning of another cut. Tasha then put the chalice to Sasha's lips, pouring my blood into her mouth. I couldn't take my eyes from Sasha's face. I was getting woozy from the loss of blood, and my eyelids were heavy. I thought I saw her skin lighten. The decomposition begin to mend. Tasha materialized at my head. I looked up into her eyes, eyes on fire. I looked back to Sasha as my breathing slowed, eyes increasingly harder to keep open. I felt the pressure of Tasha's dagger against my throat, but it didn't matter any longer. The corpse's head fell to the side and was now looking at me. I stared back. I couldn't tell if it was a tear that slid down my cheek, if it was more blood dripping from Tasha's blade. Sight darkened. Breath slowed. Before my eyes closed for the last time, I smiled. Blinking once, Sasha smiled back.
Reunited, written by Dave Lasota, performed by Alistair Mackey as Mark, Aaron King as both Tasha and Sasha, Margaret Ashley as the mother, and Graham Rowett as the father. Housekeeping, written by Cassie Pertit, and performed by Alistair Mackey as Todd, Graham Rowett as both Bob and the Inquisitor. Brooks Bigley as the Iron Maiden, and me, Jason Wilson, as Felipe. Musical composition was by J.M. Scherf. Artwork and creative direction by Cassie Pertit. Social media and Patreon support was by Brooks Bigley. Videography by Hale Scherf. And audio engineering and sound design was by me, Jason Wilson. Once again, we hope everybody is staying safe out there and doing what they can to get through this. We're here with you, and we're here for you. Do us a favor if you can, leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, because that really helps us. And if you need anything from the Gray Rooms, just reach out. We're here for you. Till next time, stay safe, and we will have the closing of the month of Patreon coming soon, and then episode nine. So, till then, we'll talk later. Stay safe, stay healthy, see ya.